A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. Everybody, pipe down. We've got to get started. There's Chuck. I'm Josh Sherry, et cetera. Let's go. Let's go. Stop laughing. Boy, that that's never going to get old, is it? <laughs> not to me. Probably to other people, but not me. We're going to start getting emails where people are like, I like short stuff, but I always feel so anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, join the club, pal. So I wrote this article on Smoke Signals many, many, many years ago. I know it's a good one. You think? Sure. All right. It's a. I mean, it's a fairly short topic. Like even when you go research elsewhere, outside of your brilliant article, there's not that much more to it. You know, it's like pretty straightforward stuff. But I think the thing, the first thing to kind of cover with smoke signals is that they actually were real. It's not something that like Hollywood invented from like cowboy and Indian movies or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which that seems like it could have been the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that got me. And reviewing this again, and then originally when I was doing it years ago as an article, was uh, just like how brilliant this is. It really is. It is. Also, Chuck, the one thing that struck me when researching it is just how stressful it would be. Because if you screw it up, it's not like there's a a signal for, wait, let me start over. Well, maybe there was. I hope there was for (laughs) for people like me, for neurotic Native Americans. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, All right, so we're talking about smoke signals, which... um, like you said, they were real, and they are still real. It's not like, you know, there's still smoke and there's still wet blankets. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Native Americans, and not just Native Americans, as we learn, uh, we'll learn here in a second, but Chinese soldiers along the Great Wall of China, you know, they couldn't communicate long distances. But if you have a big fire with white smoke, mm-hmm. you can see that for, you know— a thousand miles. <laughs> Maybe, let's just say it, a million miles, Chuck. Yeah, a million miles. And it, and it, they were so smart, they figured out, hey, this is a great way to send a kind of rudimentary message right. over a long distance. Yeah, and that's a really important point, too, is you're not sending like, hey, how's it going? What's up with uh, Alexander? How's his foot doing right now? I'll wait for your reply. Alexander the Apache? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Chinese soldier. One of the two. Yeah. Um, This is just strictly like like everything's okay, um, or I am here, or please, please, God, send help. Something really horrible is going down. Like really broad stroke communications that you would need to send over long distances. Yeah, but it could be, I mean— Depending on the tribe and what they are arranged, because c- kind of the beauty of smoke signals is mm-hmm. it's just puffs of smoke. So you can have it mean whatever you want to mean as long as you all talk about it beforehand, mm-hmm. get everyone on the same page, although they didn't have pages. <laughs> they had smoke. <laughs> so that, that you couldn't use that term back then. No, get on the same puff. Get, yeah, get everyone on the same puff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Yeah. Um as long as you had everyone together, you could send more complex messages. Uh, it's not just like, hey, someone's invading. It could be like, hey, we're really uh, sick over here and could use some help. 
Right. right. Or hungry so, or whatever. Yeah, and because everyone could see it, you had to kind of have like a previously agreed upon um, message or uh, meaning to each of the messages between you and who you were sending it to so that you – it was encoded in a way, I guess you could say. Yeah, and as far as uh, China, on the Great Wall of China, um, that's kind of a perfect scenario, best case scenario for sending a smoke signal mm-hmm. because it's sort of wide open um, and, you know, you can see it for many, many miles and they had watchtowers. So you could convey from, you know, you could string along from one watchtower to the next mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're sending messages over a few hours, you know, three, four hundred miles. Yeah, I saw that the um, the earliest accounts of, of smoke signals being used is with the, the Chinese along the Great Wall of China. What I think is interesting about the whole idea of smoke signals is that it's just such a such a great idea that it evolved independently in different parts of the world. I could see like, that, yeah. Like with Native Americans, as far as we know, they never had any contact with the Chinese, the book 1421 notwithstanding. <laughs> but the, Amer- the Native Americans in the Southwest and in the Plains were using smoke signals at the same time that the Chinese were, you know, half a world away. Just because it's just such a basically good idea, but they were using virtually the same, the same technology. Te- yeah, and, and <laughs> technique too. You know. Yeah. Uh, the depending on you know we're going to talk about the best stuff to burn, but in China they burned apparently uh, saltpeter, sulfur, and wolf dung to create really dense smoke. Yep. And I can't imagine what that must have smelled like. I'll bet it smelled a lot like poop and saltpeter <laughs> and sulfur. And wood. Yeah, sulfur, dude. That's that's the that's the icing on the cake. <laughs> Is that the kicker? Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing a little eggy smell on top. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, did you? No, it's the fire. <laughs> I, that guy's always saying it's the fire. It's totally not the fire. <laughs> He's always blaming it on his dog or the fire. Oh, Alexander. <laughs> uh, well, should we take a break and then talk about how to do this? I guess so. All right, let's do it. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television 
today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Chuck, we're back. And before we, we really get to the, the nuts and bolts of all this, I want to say I also saw a lot of um, mention of how Tribes in uh, North America used mirrors too to signal, oh. and I was like, "Did they have mirrors?" And yeah, I that was that my thought. It's like polished mica, sure, it's, but they they used those over long distances as well, and body positions too. Like you could see how somebody was like standing or sitting or crouching, and that um, indicated something to other other people in their tribe who were say like also going through the woods with them that they had seen something or who they had seen or that there was a bear or whatever, um, which is pretty ingenious. Yeah, I wonder if they got respect from uh, – and by the way, I'm going to stop using the word settlers. Did you see that email? Mm-hmm. Did, I didn't recall us using the word settlers, did we? Well, I mean, I've said the word settlers a, a lot over the years, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, have we said it recently? I don't know, but it was okay. just a very nice email. One of those that sure. was like, oh, you know, I never really thought about it. It was already settled. They weren't settlers. Right. They were, you know, conquerors. Invaders. Invaders. Uh, interlopers. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just wondered if the invaders from Europe, uh, if they saw these things. I know they, they were always like, you know, these rudimentary savages. I wonder if they ever saw the genius in some of these things. <laughs> Hopefully. You know? I mean, surely, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there were people who adopted smoke signals after they learned how to do it, like white Europeans who figured it out from, from watching or maybe even from being taught. They're like, smoke signals, we use pigeons. <laughs> right. Far more advanced. Get with the times. <laughs> All right, so this is still relevant today. The Boy Scouts of America still teaches smoke signaling, and <clears throat> it sounds silly to think about, but if you are ever in the woods and you are uh, hurt or injured or lost and alone or, you know, can't get help. This, lonely. This is yeah, just lonely. Need a friend. This is still a way that you can send a message, uh, and wilderness people understand if they see three like clear wilderness people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they see three distinct puffs of smoke, then that's a signal that says, "Hey, somebody needs help. Get me out of here." Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's the that's a universal one. You could also do that with your um, gun. If you're lost in the woods, yeah. you can shoot three times in the air. It's the same exact Car thing. Car horn, yep. The one thing you don't want to use, like that old joke, is um, you don't want to shoot your bow and arrow three times in the air. It doesn't really do anything. <laughs> when I'm sitting at a traffic light behind someone on their cell phone and it turns green, I go, honk, honk, honk. And they always go, what, what do you need? What do you need? <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you lost in the woods? That's how that goes down. Yeah. So, um to to do this, first you have to start with a fire, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you have to start with a pretty good fire. You have to let your fire get going to start sending smoke signals because you're going to do your best to smother that fire from time to time repeatedly. 
Um, so you want to get a really good raging fire going that won't easily go out, right? That's step one. Yeah, and part of the uh, being able to see if you want that good, thick, dense white smoke, uh, mm-hmm. if you've ever been camping, you know, if you throw greenery on a fire or something that's even a little bit wet, it's going to turn really, really white and thick. And that is sort of the la- after you get your fire going really good, that's when you put on um, the more green uh, timber and leaves and stuff like that. Or if you're glamping, you have someone do that for you. <laughs> exactly. So that's another reason you want a really good fire going because you don't want it to be so weak that the, the grass or the, the green um, sticks or whatever, don't, you know, put the fire sure. out. So you're creating this nice white, dense smoke, and you get the thing going pretty well. Maybe you've got somebody's attention. They're like, you don't see that kind of smoke every day. What's going on over there? Mm-hmm. You want to you have a blanket with you. It's actually... It's vital that you do have some sort of blanket or some sleeping roll or something like that um, that you can wet. That's another thing, too, because I, I was thinking, like, in the American Southwest, like, that was, you know, kind of an investment of your water sure. to, to wet a whole blanket enough to send a smoke signal. But you want to take a wet blanket and you throw it over your fire and hold it there until there's no smoke coming out. Right. And we don't mean Alexander, who is a total wet blanket. We mean no. a real wet blanket. Right. Like the, the literal wet blanket, as the hipsters would say. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine you could do it with something dry as long as it's you're sending like one quick signal. Um, but obviously something dry, you run the risk of catching it on fire. So if, mm-hmm. if you have no access to any water, you could probably still get by, but you definitely want a wet something. It's going to make it a stressful form of communication even more stressful. Right. So um, you hold it on there long enough to, for smoke to cease, uh, and then you pull the, the blanket off, or I guess you kind of flap it off is probably the better way to do it. And while you had that wet blanket over the fire, smoke was still building up. So when you pull the blanket off, a big puff of smoke comes up, and there's your first signal. And if you if you just stop right there, what you've just told the world is, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm here. Well, it could. These that I researched were specifically Apache. Mm-hmm. Um, and a single plume basically is, yeah, sort of an attention getter. Um, maybe something's going on, but, like, you don't need to send in reinforcements or anything. But maybe just keep an eye on the sky as things play out. It could also mean something like I've arrived, like somebody's watching for your signal and you're saying, yeah. like, I, I made it across the valley or over the mountain or across the desert, whatever. It's just basically a, a generic signal just saying so, this person is still alive. Right. Um, if you are really good, you can do two in a row. And that's saying what, Chuck, if you're an Apache? Well, uh, if you were an Apache, that meant everything's fine. Um, You may have seen my one-puff signal that meant to, you know, we're not so sure about things. But now my two-puff signal means everything's good. We've established our camp. We're all safe. Mm -hmm. Um, You just stay where you are unless you hear something else or see something else, rather. Uh, And this was important because they would, you know, they would travel around. That You know, they had some more permanent encampments, but they also went where the food was, depending on the season. And where you could hunt better and get, you know, more resources. Right, exactly. And, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I confused the Boy Scout technique with the Apache technique. What was theirs? The Boy Scout's one puff is just, here I am, whereas with the Apache it was like uh, something weird was going on. Stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like you said already, three puffs 
in any language, a Boy Scout or Apache means there's something bad going on. Yeah, like, come and help us. We need, you know, whether or not we have all been uh, befallen with an illness or Mm -hmm. there's an invader or we have no food, uh, we definitely need some help. And I saw also, I mean, almost across the board, it was just puffs, basically, was was the way that um, smoke signals are communicated. But I did see reference to one tribe from Texas called the Karakawa, mm-hmm. I believe. And they could get super fancy. They could do spirals and zigzags and stuff like that, which oh, is pretty pretty impressive. I'd be stressed out with just the puff system, let alone having to make a, a spiral or a zigzag. It would be kind of cool to know how to do that, though. And then, of course, the Snoop Dogg tribe uh, used the Puff Puff Pass. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that meant come on over. <laughs> exactly. The door's open. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of Short Stuff on Smoke Signals. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, so long. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.